Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Hello, my Facebook friends. How you doing out there? I'm hoping that your week is going well. Man, can you believe it? Christmas is almost here and then a brand new year. Jeez, it goes so quick. But I hope again, I hope you're doing well. Um, there's a topic I want to talk about today. It's called Kratom. And I'm not sure if many of you heard of it, but, but I read this in the paper of a person that was taking Kratom. And that's what I wanted to talk about today because I think I talked about it last year and, you know, things changed and new testing and that kind of stuff. And what I'm going to give you is the good, the bad, the maybe about Kratom today. But first, before I do that, I want to talk about how all of us are going to be dealing with the stress, depression, just trying to cope during the holidays, which can be hard and difficult for many of us out there. Even if they don't have the issues that you and I have, it could be really tough. So I wanted to talk about some things that might make it a lot of bit, little bit easier for you this year. So I, I have happened to run across this uh, article here. The holiday season often brings unwelcome uh, guests, stress, and depression. And it's no wonder. The holidays often present a dizzy array of deep demands, cooking meals, shopping, baking, cleaning, and entertaining, to name just a few. And COVID-19 didn't make it any better at all. For myself, I don't know if I told you, but I stayed home for a whole year in my house, didn't go anywhere. I'm lucky enough that I don't have COVID. I've taken all the precautionary measures and all the, uh, you know, the boosters that you're supposed to take up. Let's get on to this here. You may also feel stressed, sad, or anxious because your holiday plans may look different than they did during the pandemic. So here's some tips that might help with your stress and depression. Acknowledge your feelings. If someone close to you has recently died or you can't be with loved ones for other reasons, realize that it's normal to feel sadness and grief. It's okay to take time to cry or express your feelings. You can't force yourself to be happy just because it's a holiday season. And you should reach out. If you feel lonely or isolated, seek out communities, religious or other social events or communities. They, many may have uh, websites, online support groups, social media sites, or virtual events. They can offer support and companionship. If you're feeling stressed during the holidays, it also may help to talk to a friend or family member about your concerns. Try reaching out with a text, a call, or video chat. 
volunteering your time or doing something to help others is also a good way to fit your spirit, to lift your spirits and broaden your friendships. Number three, be realistic. The holidays don't have to be perfect or just like last year. As families change and grow, traditions and rituals often change as well. Choose a few to hold on to and be open to creating new ones. Number four, set aside differences. Try to accept family members and friends as they are, even if they don't live up to all your expectations. Set aside grievances until a more appropriate time for discussion, and be understanding with others if they get upset or distressed when something goes awry. Chances are they're feeling the effects of holiday stress and depression too. Number five, stick to a budget. Before you do your gift and food shopping, decide on how much you can afford to spend. Then stick to your budget. Don't try to buy happiness with the avalanche of gifts. Next, number six is plan ahead. Set aside specific days for shopping, baking, connecting with friends, and other activities. Consider whether you can shop online for any of your items, and that's what I did. Plan your menus and then make your shopping list. That'll help prevent last minute scrambling to buy forgotten ingredients and make sure the lineup help for immediate prep and cleanup. Number seven, learn to say no. Saying yes when you should say no can leave you feeling resentful and overwhelmed. Friends and colleagues will understand if you can't participate every in every project or activity. If it's not possible to say no when your boss asks you to work overtime, try to remove something else from your agenda to make up for lost time. Number eight. Number eight. Don't ab- abandon your healthy habits. Don't let the holidays become a free-for-all. Overindulgence only adds to your stress and guilt. Number nine. Make some time for yourself. Find an activity you enjoy. Take a break by yourself. Spending just 15 minutes alone without distractions may refresh you enough to handle everything you need to do. Find something that reduces stress by cleaning your mind, slowing your breathing, and restoring your inner calm. And finally, number 10, seek professional help if you need it. Despite your best efforts, you may find yourself feeling persistently bad or sad Anxious, plagued by physical complaints, unable to sleep, irritable and hopeless, and able, unable to face routine chores. If these feelings last for a while, talk to your doctor or a mental health professional. Take control of your holidays. Don't let the holidays become something you dread. Instead, take steps to prevent the stress and depression that can descend during the holidays. Learn to recognize your holiday triggers, such as financial pressures or personal demands, so you can combat them before they lead to a meltdown. With a little planning and some positive thinking, you can find peace and joy during the holiday seasons. I hope that uh, helps somewhat, uh, gives you some ideas of what you can do and don't do um, for the holidays, and maybe we'll both make it through. So let's get to the main topic of what this episode is about, and it's going to be about Kratom. It's a supplement. Uh, usually comes in powder form, but I 
I have seen them in uh, pill form capsules with the uh, powdered substance inside. But that's what we're going to talk about right now. So let me give you the background a little bit on this product. Kraven, a derivative of an Indian evergreen tree that contains stimulants, is used by as many as 5 million people in the United States. The substance has been touted as an alternative approach to pain management. However, some have suggested it shares many of the harmful effects associated with opiate use, and thus and that some products made from Kratom are contaminated with San Manila. The latter of these concerns cultivated in a historical development of April 3rd when the FDA issued a mandatory recall for all food products containing powdered Kratom manufactured and processed and packed by this one company, Triangle Pharmaceuticals. The agency said it was the first ever mandatory recall because the company failed to comply with the agency's request to conduct a voluntary recall. At a time when cap hit a critical point in the opiate epidemic, the increasing use of Kratom as an alternative or uh, substance to opiate use is extremely concerning. Citing 36 deaths and a tenfold increase in calls to the nation's poison control center that were linked to kratom containing products. You gotta remember this product falls under the, um, like most of our supplements, you know, they're not really regulated and not really known what's in the products. You know, you could get one bottle this week. Next month, get another bottle, and they can be different ingredients in there. So you never know what you're going to be given. Kratom should not be used to treat any medical condition, nor should it be used as an alternative to prescription opiates. There are currently no FDA-approved therapeutic uses of Kratom, and importantly, the FDA has evidence to show that there are significant safety issues associated with its use. The CDC has also expressed concerns about Kratom, advising that it is not to be consumed in any form due to the substance being likely sourced of at least 132 cases of salmonella across 38 states. People should talk to their health care provider before taking any supplements, especially if they are in a large in a group more likely to get severe salmonella infection. But you definitely would want to talk to your doctor because salmonella can be very dangerous too. Kratom is not a well-studied compound and it is thus dangerous to take. But patients buy it directly off the shelf. There is no guarantee it's going to be safe. You know, I always thought that it was only by prescription only, but just now I know that you can just buy it off a off the counter, a report in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine found that altered mental status, a seizure, ag- agitation, and central nervous depression were the clinical effects reported in Kratom related calls to the poison control center. CDC researchers looked at calls made to poison centers nationwide and determined that 660 were made from January 2010 to December 2015. Isolated craving exposure was linked to 428 of the calls, 
with the others according to Craven, had been combined with uh, pills such as Tylenol, uh, botanicals, and narcotics. A report was appeared in the magazine, or in the reports, also indicated that 49 of the calls were linked to patients that had resulted in life-threatening signs or symptoms, and one person took Craven along with paroxetine and lamotrigine died. Ooh, yeah, and I take both of those pills for, um, you know, mental issues, but man, that, that's good to know, though, but I would never take Kratom myself. CDC researchers also found Kratom exposure leads to signs of agitation, irritability, drowsiness, nausea, and hypertension. Other research shows that even patients who use Kratom in an attempt to break themselves with their opioid addiction face potential medical problems. So here's, I guess, the good about it. Kratom advocates cite that those who use it to treat opiate use disorder, the epidemic that the CDC has said claims an estimated 115 lives a day is responsible for 30% of overdoses across the country. Recent studies indicate that Kratom users are reporting mood elevation and anxiety reduction. Some individuals who wish to abstain from opiates are reporting that Kratom has enabled them to do so by easing opiate withdrawal symptoms and decreasing cravings for opiates. So you're going to have the ones that say this is a good product and some that you know, are going to read these reports and realize that maybe it isn't that great. Uh, this one social science scientist said, I can merely summarize the existing data. I see no good evidence that Kratom is deadly, and the overall data suggests that Kratom is a relatively mild plant that is healthy and it is an important tool for finding the opiate uh, problem. Another doctor states, For the FDA to deny people the chance to use Kratom, in spite of the evidence, is flat out ignoring the reality and very scary. When people, or when someone has a lifeline away from addiction, whether it's an approved product or treatment, if it's working, we don't take it away because we do, then the risk of slipping back slip them back into addiction starts all over again. The FDA has taken the position that since the compounds in Kratom and bind to opiate receptors, Kratom is an opiate. I'm not sure that it is correct assumption. For example, Narcan, which is used to treat opiate poisonings, binds to opiate receptors, but no one calls Narcan an opiate. I'd like to make one suggestion in regards to Narcan. If you do take opiates such as I, um, it might be a good idea to talk to your doctor about writing the prescription for the Narcan. You know, you may never use it in your life, and that's great. That's what the way I'm looking at it. But if I have it just in case something does take place or happen, then it's a lifesaver in most cases, and I would have one, which I do. Many advocates for Kratom have argued that Kratom should be regulated under the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994, rather than the Controlled Substance Act. The DEA has backed off for the time being, 
but I do not know how long the FDA will. Craven has operated in a gray area of the law, and since there are no regulations for solids of the drug, it is hard to tell which solids of Craven are reputable and which are not. That is the rope problem. There is evidence that shows Craven is effective, but there are no companies lining up to go through the approval process because it's not only is it expensive, but how do you market and patent a naturally growing plant that has been around for hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of years? So finally, let's finish up this article here. Here's some advice for you, the patients. Primary care providers must help their patients make informed decisions when it comes to Kratom. This one uh, person said here. And even then, may want to encourage patients to think twice about recommending them, especially when it comes to the opiate addiction. If a patient is using or wants to use Kratom, providers need to educate them about the risks and benefits, just like any other herbal product. In my opinion, the combination of FDA-approved drugs to treat addiction and therapy from addiction specialists is known to be safe and effective. So Kratom users are taking unnecessary risks. If a patient wants to take Kratom for chronic pain, find out what other medications he or she has previously tried before and what kind of pain they have. If a person has had bad experiences with prescription opiates before, and it's either opiates or kratom as the treatment options, then I would bring kratom into the discussion. That was a good article, and I will make sure I post it on the Rafferty Support Group and Podcast on Facebook. So this fine, I got a couple more articles here that we can go over before time is out. So let's go ahead and give a real quick rundown of the pros and cons of kratom. So here's some signs and symptoms of the drug. They include, now if you're taking low doses of Kratom, this is what would happen. Increased alertness, higher energy levels, talkativeness, increased sociability, greater ability to tol- tolerate tedious tasks. Some people may get edgy or nervous. Now if you take higher doses of Kratom, insensitivity to physical or emotional pain, Constricted pupils, nausea, vomiting, itching, sweating, dreaminess, and sudden sleepiness. And here we go with the overdoses of Kratom. You become delusional, lethargy, respiratory depression, shakiness, aggressive and combative behavior, paranoia, and severe vomiting. The drug has become controversial because some argue it is a solution to getting off other opiates such as heroin and pain pills, while others use the drug for pain relief. The other issue is that currently the drug is not scheduled by the DEA, though it came close last year before the decision met the significant backlash from the public. The public uproar caused the DEA to hold off scheduling the drug is Schedule 1 as they had planned. So this report came out in 2018, so now it's been some time, so I'll look it up to see if it um, has been Schedule 1 now. As most of us know, Schedule 1 drugs are drugs that have a high potential for abuse, have no currently accepted medical treatment use, 
and have a lack of accepted safety for use of the drug or substance under medical supervision. The drug, often touted as safe by proponents, does not have any regulations. As a result, the drug is sometimes mixed with other substances and sold in stores. The advisory warned that there were increasing harms associated with Kratom and that the herb was involved in 36 deaths. The agency did not save when or where the deaths occurred. In a statement, the FDA commissioner said, there is no reliable evidence to support the use of Kratom as a treatment for opiate use disorder. Patients addicted to opiates are using Kratom with dependent without dependable instructions for use and more importantly without consultation with a licensed healthcare provider about the product's dangers, gentle side effects, or interactions with other drugs. Those who are fighting to keep the drug from being scheduled by the FDA make a valid point. There should be more alternatives to pain medications and addictive opiates. However, the problem lies with the idea that Kratom is not addictive, which by simply looking at the facts that it is withdrawal symptoms after prolonged use paints a different picture. For now, it's, it is unclear what will happen with the legality or availability of Kratom, though it seems evident that we see, will see some from the legislation on the drug soon. Time will tell if the drug becomes legal illegal, or simply be seen as a new government regulation. Man, I don't know. I think that's going to be many years down the road, even if that. I, I just, we just don't know too much about this product. And, you know, coming from other countries, we don't know what they're using for fertilizer and those kind of things. So it makes it, you know, it makes it dangerous not knowing enough about it. But you guys... Of why I'm here. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast and the episodes. I'm uh, so glad you're being part of it. I'm so glad that I can do this. Remember, go to my uh, Facebook page in the Rocket Community Support Group of Podcasts, and you'll see some of the affiliates that um, are on my podcast uh, page. So if, when you get a chance, go do that. Also, I'm setting up a blog page that's going to be um, pertaining more to where I'm posting a lot of those affiliates so that way I don't clog up my um, my um, Facebook page with all that information that some people might want to read. So that's what I'm planning on doing it. Uh, hopefully by next year I can get all that. But hey, thank you again for listening. You guys have a great Christmas, happy holidays, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.